Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to discuss a disgusting uh, loss to the Philadelphia Eagles on the road, Monday night football, 24-7. to Man, oh mighty, do we have a chance, what, four different chances to get back into the game to an extent anyway. Four different drives where they came up short. Even field goals would have been nice uh, to pay off for the defense playing better in the second half. It, it was an ugly one. It was definitely an ugly one. Some poor passes, poor drops. Just just some silly stuff that we don't really see out of uh, some key players. But it is what it is, right? It's week two. We were just talking off air. You don't want to get too high after last week. Don't want to get too low. It's probably somewhere in between. Uh, definitely not the knee-jerk type, but it still was ugly. Well, let's be honest about that. Um, so we're going to break down this game play-by-play, um, play, just kidding. Uh, we're going to break down, you know, what went wrong <laughs> in Philadelphia. And then, of course, we will look towards next week, short week, at home with the Lions, probably going to be a high-scoring game. Um, so it'll be interesting, interesting to see how this, you know, how we uh, respond. Obviously, the home crowd will be crazy. It's kind of crazy, speaking of. We only have six more road games because, you know, it's it's not really a true road game. It's the London thing. So there's only six more road games, man, which is kind of cool. Anyway, just thought about that. I don't know why I said that. So, yeah, we're going to preview and predict that Lions game. And then, of course, if you listen to the show before, we usually – uh, end the show with a gopher football segment and they got a big big game coming up as they start the big 10 season at michigan state and they are favorites in that game of course there was a major injury that we'll talk about at wide receiver unfortunately but we'll get into that in just a moment if, if this is your first time listening to the purple people leaders vikings podcast welcome um, it streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope-a-dope radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope-a-dope and download the show directly there or listen to the browser if you don't want to. There's a variety of places um, that you can hear it. Uh, for the Vikings podcast under the Rope-a-dope radio banner at Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, while you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. It's the best of live TV and on demand. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks, which, as we know, locally, it's getting tougher and tougher. The prices start for a limited time only, as low as $49.99 for two months. If you upgrade to the Choice or Ultimate Package, that saves you 160 bucks over three months. You get Showtime, Stars, Cinemax, and Epics. That's Direct TV Stream. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Aaron, and see how he's doing on what should be, probably be, the last hot and humid day of the year for us folks up here in Minnesota. What's going on? Uh, you know, it is, I would hate to say it's the last hot and humid day. I'm just going to leave the air conditioner in, but I'm not good, man. I mean, how long has it been since we felt good after a primetime game? I, I can't remember us having a great performance in primetime Monday night, Sunday night, Thursday night. You know, I can't remember any good. Now there might be some and you can maybe remind me, but. It's just I'm sick of turning on the TV, excited for a Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night game, and this is the kind of performance that these guys put out. It's it's just a broken record at this point, and it all starts off with the offense not executing on multiple drives. Yeah, no doubt about it. I know we were three in a row in primetime, two on Monday night, but I think both of them were at Chicago near the end of the year, <laughs> so they don't count as much if you're all beaten up, bruised, and as we know sometimes in the past, uh, the offensive line issues that they had. So, um, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. Uh, it, it was rough. It was ugly. Um, we'll get into obviously the offense first, you know, defense, tail of two halves, 
we know that they did good enough to give us a, a chance uh, to win the game. But as far as, you know, early on having those three and outs uh, was very rough. Um, we, we couldn't, we weren't protecting all that well. That got worse as the game goes on. Of course, when we start to pass a lot, um, it became worse. But we couldn't establish the run. I think there was four or five drop passes. I know Cook dropped two of them. And, of course, we know, you know, the big one, Irv, um, dropped that one, that touchdown that would have made it 21-14 to uh, 14, uh, near the end, um, you know, of, that, of, the, of the first half. But still, we didn't even get any points at all anyway. They turn right around and have a long drive back. So to start out, you know, just just not, you know, not getting separation for one. Obviously, uh, Slay, you know, I mean, the cornerbacks in general, obviously he highlights the bunch. But the cornerbacks, whether it was uh, Thielen or whoever, Herb on a third down, we went to him a couple times. We could not get separation, and it was one-on-one, sometimes with a linebacker with Irv. And I, I don't mean to, like, blame it all on Irv because he had a great catch uh, down the stretch of that game. But um, we just couldn't create separation, like you said, three and outs. And it was just – it was rough. I, I got to give the corners credit and the linebackers credit because they did have, it felt like, six to eight knockdowns, uh, maybe even more. So they were definitely honest, no doubt about it. Um, but the biggest one that kind of blew open the game after all those three and outs, uh, when it was 14 zip was that 53 yard, you know, deep pass, uh, where the young second year Bynum, uh, missed the assignment. Uh, he was looking at that tight end who looked like he was pretty much covered up wide the F open. It's 14 zip. And you're like, wow, isn't, I thought our defense was supposed to not give up the explosive plays, you know what I mean? Uh, so it was a mess. They did respond, though. Um, Mund had a nice, uh, like, 17-yard catch. We had an end around to Rager. That's about all he did. Osborne had a nice uh, catch and run after that. Uh, Cousins kind of zipped it in on the third and seven. But, you know, Irv did get that touchdown. It was 14-7, to seven. you're like, okay, you know, this isn't all that bad here. You know, we're, we're going to be okay. But it was those three and outs uh, leading into that, the last drive of the second half for the Vikings anyway with that drop touchdown. It's just, I mean, Devontae Smith, back-to-back catches, uh, delayed handoff on the shotgun. Hertz was just beyond, you know, besides their defense doing a hell of a job for the most part, especially the corners and Slade, you know, being the guy. I mean, that first half offensively, first with the pass, then the run, Hurts was, well, hurting us. He was, and it was not, you know, they got roughed up. I mean, that's what happened to receivers, right? They got punched. They got, you know, they were pressed. They were covered heavily. And you can go ahead and say referees weren't calling this and somebody's held somebody's arm and all that stuff, but that's the way they called the game. you got to adjust to it. And we didn't do a good job of that. And Jefferson was getting, you know, a face full of slay. Uh, Thielen was non-existent until the second half. Irv was dropping balls. He had a couple good catches, caught a touchdown. Um, KJ had a nice catch, but, you know, it was rough on them, not to mention the pressure coming in on Kirk. We still have problems in the interior offensive line, rookie or not rookie. Uh, it's still creating pressure. Uh, Kirk in an in an unstable pocket is never a recipe for success. And to come out and go three and out in your first two, possibly three drives, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think it was. And it was like a real three and out, not like, you know, penalties or anything like that. It was just sure. three plays, done. Good point. Good three point. plays, done. Three yeah. plays, done. And meanwhile, the guys on the other squad, our, their offense is going up and down the field. We're running some shell and like we talked off air, you know, that was probably because they underestimated Hurts' ability to throw the ball. And so they said, well, we're going to contain him. And, you know, if he beats us with the pass, he'll, then he beats us with the pass, and he whooped your ass with the pass. So you got to adjust to that. <laughs> and, you know, it was just a 
big cluster of Vikings lore. I mean, just one for the ages. And you can say, you know, new coach this or, or, you know, rookie guard that. But in the end, it was a horrible performance on a Monday night coming off a great win yeah. uh, against Green Bay at, at home. And like you said, you know, maybe it's good we only have six more away games because <laughs> this is the result. <laughs> then I think we're better off at home. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you pointed out those three and outs. You know, we're so used to holding. It's first and 20, right, you know, and and all that. Or, like, run, run, pass, you know, and that's not what we were doing, run, run, pass. We were mixing it up. No, we couldn't establish the run. So that does put you in third and long, and we're in third and long a lot of the night in the first half, especially. But, yeah, you're right. It wasn't we were first and 20 or second and 20. Uh, so there isn't that built-in excuse where you go, okay, that drive got a little messed up, no big deal. No, they were they were straight. The first four were four out of five drives. Yeah, we had the touchdown drive, but yeah, you're right. That's a that's a great point. And even when it was twenty-one to seven, under two minutes to play, right off the bat, Cousins was sacked. Now, luckily, it was a face mask personal fall there. But then Cook drops a screen pass. Then obviously the big one that a lot of people remember from the first half was that you know once again pressure. Cousins got hit, put it in a place right – the play was just made in general, like a perfect play for their blitz. Speaking of blitzes, I mean, they blitz like every other damn play it felt like. But, um, you know, he dropped that ball. Um, and then, you know, but we still didn't get the damn three points out of that. And, and, and that that was rough. That was a really rough one. So just – it could have been a touchdown, 21-7. to You just never know. What or twenty one to fourteen at that point, you just never know. And they turn around and and, and throw a little lemon in the wound to make it twenty four to seven at that half. It's like wow, that was a hell of a drive to close. Um, and then when you're you know, like I said, I do want to give some credit to Philly's defense, the cornerbacks, everybody on the damn team almost, but especially Hurts uh, offensively. They they put up that stat, the twelve year best half ever, three hundred passing yards or 300 total yards. Um, Hertz really had a great – it was one of his best games he ever had, especially that first half. And that's what kind of does make it impressive, even though it's tough to utter out of my mouth, that the defense contained a lot uh, in the second half and did give a chance for the offense to get back into it. And let's talk about that second half. Once again, a great – there was three great drives. The opening drive, here we go. You know, over five minutes, six for six on the, uh, you know, on the drive for passing. It, it, we're entering the red zone, which last few years, you know, I don't remember 2019, but the last two years we've been one of the best red zone teams. And that's why we kind of want to, you know, even last week we did settle for three field goals. Uh, sure, that long one or whatever, but, you know, we, we did settle. Uh, and we've been so damn good at the red zone, so we you know, we don't want a knee-jerk, but let's look after game four where we're at in the red zone. Do we get better in these next two days or two games? Because we're going to need to, obviously. But going back to that um, that drive, you know, interception near the end zone. On that play, Jefferson did kind of make the mistake. He owned up to it. It is what it is. Uh, not to say that that was a guaranteed touchdown, right, because, you know, when you got the inside track, a lot of our guys had inside tracks during the game. But they still got the ball knocked down. But either way, that kind of adds, and we're going to keep going, that the other two picks are more definitely on Cousins, where it's like, but you still could have got away with a field goal there. But it was such a mistake that it, it took away a field goal or any kind of, you know, sometimes just having that drive, you're like, okay, we got some points. And they turn right around. A.J. makes a great pass. Uh, they drive pretty well. At that point, dude, it was like midway through the third. Dude, it was four oh two to a buck fifty eight, and that and like probably fifty eight of that was you know on that last drive. Um, and Cook only had late in the third; he only had thirty two yards total. Um, but six minutes left in the third, we the defense contains them. They had a nice drive, but they contained them. And then we got a Pat P comes off the edge blocks it, Boyd stumbles and gets caught by the punter. But even there, right there, I got to admit, I started feeling a little juices like, okay, 
we can get back in this game. We can get back in this game. But then Cousins, you know, threw a jump ball at, at a time that it, it definitely shouldn't have been a jump ball. Yeah, jump ball was flattering. And you're right, I did feel, you know, a little juice after Boyd picked up that ball. But it's like, you know, he – that's Chris Boyd, man. He thought he was by himself at that point. He didn't realize <laughs> the punter was behind him. He was celebrating, and that's why he got caught. So it's just like, okay, dude. Like, there's a perfect opportunity for you to get seven easy points, and you failed at that as well. And, you know, all night with the – it just kind of like it was a – a ball that was rolling downhill in the wrong direction. And mm. you had to go, you know, back to some old Viking games where similar things have happened in that series of events where it just, they can't seem to pull themselves out of the tailspin. It's just like, it just continues to go. It's like, okay, first drive didn't go well and we're going to sulk or, or something like that. But it's like, you know, and then you talk about these fans. It's like, okay, we beat Green Bay resoundingly and all of a sudden it's cousins for MVP and we're going to, you know, I can't see another loss on the schedule. Jefferson's going to have 3000 yards, not two. He's going to have 3000 <laughs> yards. And then this week it's like Kendricks is slow. And, uh, Cook can't <laughs> run anymore. We should trade him. And yeah. like, come on, this is week one and week two of the season. It, it's like, come on, man. This little perspective here. I mean, it's cool to live and die on your squad, but it's just sure. the push and pull of two weeks is just telling. And go back to the game, it's like, all right, well, you had some opportunities to get back in the game. Irv with the drop pass, Boyd with the fumble recovery. Uh, <laughs> you know, just a nice pass to Jefferson. Yeah, he, you know, he should he should have cut in front on that, I guess, fundamental route running, and he didn't do it okay. So you do that, but all night long, Chris, the biggest takeaway for me was Philly came out physical and we did not, we couldn't tackle in the first half. It just, I mean, that case in point that running touchdown by Hertz. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he just went through probably seven tacklers. It felt like it was college and at the goal line. Bynum's trying to strip the ball on the three-yard line. Oh, my God. Yes. And he's got two <laughs> other guys at his feet and on. They can't tackle him. And it's like, all right, well, are we averse to what happened to toughness? What happened to right. a, a little bit of tackling here? And then all night long it was that. Harry was the only one I saw really stick his nose in and get some hits. Yep. But now, you know, that Cam Dantzler did too. Yeah, that's another good call, Cam came up and stuck a little bit on the run. But it just was one of those games, Chris, where we've seen it happen before. And it's like once you start to see the body language and the mood of these guys in situations like that, you just kind of know what's coming next. And I hate to say it, but it's like you kind of can just smell it when something like this is going to happen to this squad. And it just kind of happened the way it always happens. And one thing leads to another. And, you know, you get these opportunities to get back in the game and you drop the pass, you drop the ball, and that's just kind of what happens to them, uh, particularly in prime time, but sometimes just in road games. And it's just I'm done making excuses for them, and I'm not saying that people are. Some are, some aren't. But I personally, I'm done with it. Like, you got the new coach. You got everything you wanted. You got rid of the big, bad Zimmer. You did all these things for these players. You kept the bet. <laughs> the you, did, <laughs> you kept the bets. You kept everything. And this is the kind of performance you put out on, on the national stage. You know, everybody says yeah. they got the new building, right? The new building's going to make them soft. That was Zimmer's thing. Zimmer said, this new facility is going to turn this team soft. And, you know, I got to say, God damn it, I think he's right. Yeah, I mean – you know, I guess we turn soft slowly but surely on that. Yeah, maybe. Um, and I spoke differently. I messed up the cousins' mistakes. The first one, and and, and I keep seeing this. Um, and we talked about this before we hit record. I like the risk there. So any fucking risk you take, whether it's just stupid, it's just nope. I like the risk, man. I'm glad we're taking risk. No, dude. It's a. It was a. The the first pick or the second pick. Was the second and third picks were all cousins. I mean, 
that pass he threw, it's in the double coverage. He's he, Dillon or Jefferson, whoever the fucking ball was going to, they didn't really have a chance. They weren't even barely looking. It was just a horrible pass. It was just a desperation pass. And, yeah, we say, oh, this year, the play calling, Cousins, we got more risk. If you think that's a good play and that's worth the risk, tell me where the reward is on that one because that was nonsense. And then, um, you know, we did force another punt. So, once again, kudos to the second uh, half, you know, um, defense. Here we go again. The Vikings got another scoring drive coming. It, it, no matter what, it really feels like it. Uh, that's the, the catch that Herb made for 15 yard, yards was awesome. Um, I mean, talk about, like, there was so much pressure that we couldn't get any screen pet play. We couldn't run the ball. But also just those, those developing, those longer route developing, explosive plays, we couldn't do it because we couldn't even develop it on a third uh, and ten. Uh, Matson dropped the ball. Uh, I did. I do remember Irv having that nice catch and cut back. That was really nice. But the blitz found a home, like back to back, and that was that third and ten force fumble recover. I think it was Cox that did it. The very next one is twenty four to seven. Eight minutes left. Um, Hicks got the INT, ran it back, looking like he's trying to go Reggie Bush on it to cut back in the field. Um, and then here's Cousins where he's usually really good at zipping the ball with some speed and just high. Instead, he throws to a hot corner to Jefferson, who Jefferson can do a ton of things, right? ton of things, but he's not a jump ball guy. And he, he threw a jump ball that had to be a zippy fast pass that's high where only Jefferson could catch it. And then, you know, on the closing thing, got sacked again anyway. You know what I mean? So, and I did like how they're like, screw it, man. We don't, we don't need that late touchdown. Who cares what happens on this play? Let's just shut this thing down. But you're right. Every step of the way, it's like we just kept, you know, taking turns of fucking up. No, you do it. All right. They're in the huddle. All right, man. I just gone back to back. So we need you to mess up. And it was, uh, it was ugly. It was really ugly when you got a chance to get back in the game. We legitimately, no homer stuff, if we score on two of those four drives we talked about, it's 24 to 21 with that last drive. You just never know what's going to happen there. And that was the disappointing part on top of it, really, Aaron, where you're just like, sure, that leaves a little, you know, it leaves a little like, wow, had we have done that, two out of four is not a crazy number to accomplish. We didn't do it, but it, it does leave the door open of like, that potential, right? But it's like, man, it, it, it was uh, – the score doesn't tell you how bad we played. Being yeah, that and, they had you know, 24 points in the first half. They didn't score at all, and neither did we. Right, and Irv catches that pass, and Boyd doesn't lollygag, and here's 14 points right there. You know, so now it's 24-21. Yep. Your, your defense was actually keeping you in there. Now you got a ball mm-hmm. game. You're three points down going in the fourth. I mean that yeah. is that's a ball game right there. You come back yeah, a whole from, different mojo. You come back from a terrible first half, you come out and you get a couple breaks and you do what you got to do. I mean that, that's how you get back in, but they just collapse. Now we can just continue to go over this defensively, Chris. I don't know because I don't know Donatel's system as much as I know over years of watching Zimmer's system. Right. I'm not comparing yep. them, but I'm just saying that it looked like it was wanting. I mean, the middle of the field was open all night. Your corners are, what, probably 11, 12 yards back at the start of the play. Yeah. Uh, your two pass rushers that are supposed to be world beaters and generally are were pretty much non-existent except for stopping the run. And your linebackers, Kendricks, you've got a great linebacker in Kendricks, and Hicks is pretty good. We just sang his praises last week. They just couldn't do it. So you got to think it's scheme, right? These aren't terrible players. So maybe a little old, but they're not terrible players. So you got to think what, what possibly could have possessed them to run the scheme and to stick with it for so long. Are they trying to teach fundamentals? Are they trying to, I don't know, reinvent the wheel? I don't know. But it wasn't working, and I don't think they adjusted quick enough now. You know, who am I to say that? I'm a guy sitting on his couch watching the game. But – you know, it doesn't take a genius to to look at it and go, okay, this isn't working and continue to go out there. Now, I don't know exactly what they did in the second half or if Philly just took their foot off the gas a little bit and just wanted to sit on the lead. I'm not sure how that worked out, but 
it seemed to be a little bit more uh, successful in the second half. And I think uh, the lack of the pass rush and the inability to blitz, they just didn't want to blitz. Uh, yeah. They didn't want to right. blitz hurts. So they wanted to sit back and I'm thinking, let him beat you with the pass. And now, you know, he can beat you with the pass. And so it probably not a good game plan later, but uh, you know, I'm just not sure exactly what it was. I just know it wasn't very successful in the first half, especially right off the jump when you let him get up 21, seven on you, you know, but then it's the beginning of the second quarter. Chris, and You got three quarters to come <laughs> back. So it's like, I don't understand just the meltdown that I saw. And it just, to me, all yeah. the questions we got to see, like you said, a little bit knee jerk, but we got to see, you know, week four, week eight, where are we at offensively, right. defensively, and maybe be able to have a better sample size so we can actually evaluate just what we're looking at. Yeah, it's a great point because I did see a lot of, oh, Pat P, man, he's getting old. Look, he gave up some passes. Doggy's 11 yards away. Like, it's designed to give up short passes. That's what it's designed to do. So don't take it out on Pat P. Like, dog, he's 11 yards. Of course he's going to give that. Everyone's going Neon, Dion, and Daryl Green, you could have them on opposite sides. And if you tell them to go 10 yards away, guess what? They're going to give up some fucking plays, you know? So, yeah, you're right about that. It's kind of like, hmm, what what are we trying to accomplish? And it definitely, yeah, it definitely didn't work. He hit on all the passes, especially that deep one. But just in general, he was tearing us up. And I, so I understand, like you said, the, the original thought process of that. And it, it probably was a combination of them. It didn't look like they were like, like they, you know, put the brakes on, but just subconsciously you do kind of, you know, they weren't eating us up alive. That's for sure. We were, you know, we were keeping, you know, them in front. That's what the defense is, right? Keep you in front, get you on third down, get pressure. Yeah. If you're not getting pressure in this defense, that's one thing I do know because I see it with Georgia a lot too. If you're not getting pressure, though, uh, then all of a sudden shit is bad, and that's why I kind of look like, you know, we did get a little bit more pressure. There was only what what a Kendrick's blitz. Who who got that blitz where it was like, okay, there's a blitz, but you're right. Overall, you know, we are going to have to learn more about this system as we see it and see if they're, you know, and I'll say this, you know, Coach KO did say, hey, you know, I got to admit there weren't enough adjustments. This one was on me. I don't think it's all on him either because, like we said, Viking style, you know, it's very rare that we just get our ass kicked and there's no hope in the game at all. It's very rare that that happens. But this one was that Viking style where to have those four drives, you know, and not get anything on him, it just – it really it, it's frustrating. So they did make adjustments on defense and actually offense too. They definitely did because they moved the, the shit out of the ball. But man, I, I really do. I do want to keep an eye on this red zone stuff, man. Because uh, for instance, this game coming up, it's going to be some points. Uh, it's not going to be sixteen to thirteen in my mind. I don't think it will. So it's like. We gotta we gotta put the points up, and it can't be just relying on a forty two yard play. You know, we gotta be better in the red zone, and we've been spoiled in the red zone. That's why I don't want to go over the top and everything like that. But uh, you know, if we're here next Monday saying, "Damn, that was five, You know, we got three field goals and five trips to the red zone, or something like that. Then we have a whole lot to work on that way. Um, Anything else? Any kind of notes you got from this uh, debacle in Philly, sir? Before we get nah, to the Lions stuff, we're not even going to watch the tape on this. We're just going to get rid of it. Because I, yeah. I got some notes in the third quarter. If you do want to go over them, you know, I tell you what, it, it's uh, no, I'm just kidding. All right, let's, I think uh, let's we've move said, on, sir. Yeah, I think we've said what we need to say about this one, and <laughs> you know, let's just keep an eye on road games, keep an eye on the red zone, like you said, and. You know, I remember last week I said, you know, I can't tell if Detroit's good or bad, and we're going to find out, we'll see how good Philly is. And, you know, I got to say, I think Detroit's good. You know, uh, now it's, I know that's, that's a bold statement coming out of the NFC North, but, you know, I think they're good. I really do. I think this is going to be a test. Offensively, Swift, Amon Ra, St. Brown, Goff is good enough. Um, defensively, they're pretty good. And let's go back offensively. Their offensive line is good as well. 
Um, I think it's going to be more of a test on a short week than anybody here wants to believe. I think we all kind of know it in our guts, but we don't want to say it out loud. Well, I'm going to say it out loud. I think this is going to be a test. I think Detroit is a, a good team. Uh, it just It's hard to get that out of my mouth. But I think Detroit <laughs> is a good team this year. I think it's not going to be any kind of easy win here. And uh, I don't even think – is this one on the road or at home, Chris? I think we're on it's the at road. home. It's at home, okay. At Even home. at home, I still think it's a test. I still think Detroit's got a really good chance to win this game. I don't want to do prediction yet, but I just think they have a lot of good parts. Defensively, they got the corners that they're going to need to defend. Um, they're fast and young on the outside, and we're kind of old. Well, at least Slay's not there anymore. <laughs> right, but they got Nakuda. Nakuda wants to re- revi- revitalize his career. And... um so I'm a little bit, you know, I'm not, I, I don't know what Vegas has us here. I'd be interested to know. I'm sure you know. Um, but, yeah, this is a, I don't want to say trap game because, you know, I guess what I define as a trap game is you think you're going to win this one, but you're, you know, little do you yeah. know that it's either spot in the Or the next game's a big game and you're looking next ahead or whatever. The next a big game or something like that. But, you know, I just think this one's a, this is going to be a dog fight with Detroit if we show up. You know, if we show up and play well, it's still going to be a dogfight. So I, I like Detroit a little bit in this one, and I like – yeah, it's going to be tough, Chris. I don't know who to pick right now, but by the time we get to the predictions, I'm sure I'll have it figured out. Well, it's funny because they were getting pretty handled against Philly, and unlike what we weren't able to do is get back in that game, Philly let them – you know, they, they, they allowed us to move the ball. Well, they didn't allow us, but, you know. We were able to move the ball, but didn't close the show. Whereas is Detroit, in a sense, did. They got all the way back in the game. Sure, they lost, but uh, and it was. I remember that game. Philly had about three minutes on the clock, and they were able to burn it out, which is huge. They won thirty-eight, thirty-five. Uh, Philly did over Detroit, but getting back in that game, and then last week they were up by a lot and let Washington kind of trickle back in that game. It's kind of funny, you know. After two weeks, you can't really look at stats. To, Still, because if you do, it's very misleading. Here's a case in point. So um, the Lions are are averaging 35.5 points a game. That's a lot, right? But they're giving up 32 points a game, right? That's a ton, too. Whereas the Vikes through two games only have 15 points in scoring, and they're only giving up. And they're giving up 15 and a half, you know, even though, you know, they gave up 24 and a half. Uh, you know, on Monday night. So it's all kind of funky there. One thing I'll say is we have to establish the run. I mean, it's just a must because they're going to try to. We know that. Um, and they really have to because of Goff, you know. If you don't have a run game, he he is uh, fairly mediocre, but he's just good enough. I liked how you put that. Uh, but if they got that run and they get that play action going, it can get a little – Dicey, no doubt about it. But yeah, they're giving up a uh, buck fifty-two right now. They're giving up some yards. There's no no doubt about it. So the Vikes are going to have to establish that run. Now I'm not saying let's go back to the run-run pass. You know, I'm not saying that. But we have to stick with it, and we have to we have to establish it, dude. It's just bottom line. We do. We have to do that. And right now, uh, the over/under is set at fifty-three and a half. Um, and funny enough, we are a six point favorite at home. So three points, you know, with that extra, I think it's three and a half at the pros. So that I, I was expecting to see about a four, four and a half, maybe five, but it is a six point spread in favor of the Vikings, which kind of did surprise me a little bit. I, I, I do have to admit, um, I think we'll be back on the run. I don't think we'll have those drops. I don't think uh, Cousins is going to chuck, you know, the wrong kind of pass when he normally is very good at that part, uh, especially in the red zone. I think we'll just tighten up right now. I do think it's high scoring, though. Um, So I have it 30 to 27. Or wait. 30 to 27. uh, The Vikings get the dub. But I agree. I, I think it is going to be. Um, a tight game. I'm not saying they're going to win. Oh, God, I didn't like to 
say the sentence, but I'm going to, uh, like a field goal under a minute. You know, I don't like saying that <laughs> for obvious reasons, and I don't think it's going to be necessarily that. But I do think with about eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter, the tape, the game will be on the table. It's just a matter of who grabs it. But I got the Vikes going two and one, thirty to twenty-seven. Big Cook game. Cook hasn't gotten a hundred yards just yet. He had a good opening. Uh, Week, but I'm going to say he's going to be able to go for a hundo, and uh, that'll kind of contain us. We'll get back to that explosive play stuff, something that they really, you know, Philly did a great job of taking that away, uh, but that comes with that. You want to get people off the quarterback, you got to be able to run and keep it honest. Yeah, I think that was a mistake they made, too. They got away from the run against Philadelphia, and I understand why you're down 14 sure. and 21, but uh, you know what, after listening to what Vegas has to say and also just kind of knowing, like, Cousins rarely goes back-to-back crappy games. So he'll probably bounce back along with the rest of the team. And uh, I think you're right about the run, establish the run, and uh, Cook generally tears Detroit up. Yeah, um, Cook and Cousins, historically, since they've been together, destroyed Detroit. Yeah, so I think you I think you're spot on and I'm going to go pretty much same as you. I think it'll be a 3 to 6 point game probably in the mid 20s. I think the Vikings come out on top. Uh but I I just, you know, it's one of those things where you got to think they got hopefully, right? If this squad is legit, sure. they were disgusted yeah, with squad. themselves. They were disgusted with themselves on that plane ride home. It was a wake up call for these guys. That hey yeah season's on it's I know it's happy happy fun time here at uh, TCO Performance Center but you know we just got our butts kicked and that that can't happen again hopefully you get enough vets to make that a real thing so I think they come back out and I think they they get the bounce back win here um, so I'm I'm with you on this one I think Vikes by three to six uh, and as far as the over under I mean I think it probably go over on that one Chris I think it's gonna be a lot yeah. of points scored. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm with you on the over. Uh, I'm definitely with you on the over. Um, and you know, to be two and zero in the division—that's the thing about these three home games that we got early in the season. We already took care of business with the pack attack. If we could take care of business Sat or Sunday, we're, we're not playing Saturday. We're playing Sunday and Sunday high noon, and then go. You know, it's funny. We got a short week. And then the week after, we're going overseas, and we don't have a bye. Uh, but it is Chicago at home. So if we could go, well, let's just get this W here. Let, let's just get this W here. I don't want to yeah, because I don't Chicago's talk too much now, here. You know? Chicago's plucking yeah, yeah. right now. <laughs> so it's like, and every other know. week, they're going to give us something. You know, that first week, oh, yeah. Second week, they look like garbage. But, yeah, you're right. You're definitely right. By the way, though, uh, Gophers-wise, they got a big, big game coming up. There. They big moved the game. Th- Big game. Moved to three and zero. Good old Mo Ibrahim, the guy, went for another two hundred yards. It's the fourth time in his career. He now has the program record, and he's tied with Daryl Thompson for total touchdowns. I think it's fifty three or something like that. Either way, he's going to break it. We know that. But Mo, I mean, this there's just when you can just watch Mo. Like there's three minutes of Mo's rushing yards. You know. I mean, it is just a thing of beauty. This guy is fast. He's a bowling ball. He he just got a little bit of everything, man. I mean, this this dude just bounces off players. He's tough to bring down. I just freaking love Mo, man. I'm so, so happy for him. He's having a great season after, you know, destroying Ohio State in a half, getting to a buck 60, and then getting hurt, missing the season. Speaking of, though, Unfortunately, the number one option, Chris Autumn Bell, is done for the year. Um, it'll be up to him and his family if he's going to, you know, they're going to, the Gophers just, you just kind of automatically seek the, the, the medical red shirt. We'll see if that's something he'd be interested in. Um, I'm sure that'll kind of go off how the knee's responding. Um, just for his sake, it's early in the season. So whether he comes back and plays for you again or he moves on and tries to, you know, maybe get drafted, you know, late or whatever, sign as a free agent, I'll say this, like, 
it's a long time before the combine and the draft. So that does give him uh, some time to get his, his leg knee right. So, um, but yeah, man, thoughts go out to him that that really sucks. And that's the one thing that will parlay into this is Michigan state. They give up pass yards. Like it's going out of style. And, uh, that that's the biggest. So it's like, damn, dude, you need to hit pass plays, especially explosive ones, on them, and you got a great chance to win the game. If you don't, if you think you're just going to run on them, you'll probably lose that game. They got a decent quarterback. Uh, he definitely was in some big games last year. They lost their number one, number one and two receiver, the running back, blah blah blah. They can get after the quarterback, no doubt. But you know, if we're not you know, able to pass the ball. And I'll, and I'll say this with, with, with the new, you know, the, not the new coach, but the coach coming back, Shiracha on, on uh, offense. We, I've seen, we haven't passed it a lot because of the competition they played. I do like how they didn't do the Miami of Ohio or the Bowling Green. Obviously that was a loss, but just kind of play to the level. I do like, they say, okay, these are bad teams. We're going to destroy them. When we scheduled Colorado five years ago or whatever, they actually were an up and up team. They had won 10. Uh, so it, on, on paper, it looked like it was going to be good. Turns out it wasn't. But I do like how they dominated it. And when you look at both sides of the line, breaking in new players, whether they're transfers or guys that have been in the system for a while, the good thing is we're not breaking in, you know, freshmen or redshirt freshmen. These guys have been here at least three years, some of them four and five, gotten playing time, even playing time during COVID. I do think this was an ideal start to the schedule for both sides of the line. Um, to just give them a shot to 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 kind of get the wrinkles out. We did, even though we played bad teams, we got a lot of teams that stunted on us. But they gave us something to look at. So I think that that was key for those players, inexperienced, we'll call them, uh, especially on the offensive line where we lost so many, you know, so many starts. So I think that that was key, and I really liked how we dominated. Like I said, and here we are. At Michigan State, they're coming off a game where they got down 16 zip, and you barely, you know, if you if you went to the bathroom, you're like, what happened? It's what's going on? And it was like they were down quick, like 22 to some eight or something like that, and it was 29 to eight at half. Now they got back in that game and almost made it a pretty good game, but they it was just one of those games where it just started horribly and it all went bad after that. Um, so they're going to be a little pissed. Um, it opened with the Gophers. It opened um, as a two-point favorite for the Gophers on the road, and it's gone up. Right now, Vegas, it pushed it up to three. Where a th- the Gophers are a three-point favorite on the road. The over-under is 51. Um, I will fully admit, okay, I – in this scenario, I bet on Michigan State, right, straight up money line, because in this scenario, I, it, it, I just like these scenarios for a better, because I'll gladly lose this small amount of money for them to win this game on the road, right? I, I'll be happy. I'll, I would pay 50 bucks a week if we could, you know, if we could do that on the road, uh, these tough road games. Penn State's coming up in a few weeks. That's going to be even tougher because they got a better team. But, um, you know, it, it, it just sucks to lose your number one option, especially on third downs. Um, and he can make plays down the field, but he's really kind of a, you know, possession receiver. Like he really can go over the middle and the slot. Like he's just, He's just a clutch player, whether it's in the red zone, and, and that really hurts. Now, you know, we get we get scheme up some stuff that they're not used to, and it's not that we don't have talent. These guys got to play last year. They were in and out of the lineup. That was an issue, but the wide receivers got to, to play a lot, and that Dillian Wright, that dude is 6'3", 210. Jackson is, you know, 6-something, 200. We got the, the little guys that are fast. You know what I mean? So we have enough to – and we've been starting to finally bring in the tight end into the fold. So 
We're just going to have to run, 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 play action, and make a play here and there throughout the game, whether it's Morgan or a wide receiver coming down with it. That's the keys to the game because uh, this is a big game. And if they, if they get this dub, there's a good chance they'll be ranked and they'll set themselves up to, to do, you know, to, to have a really good shot at that Big Ten West title, something that we've just come short a couple times now. Look, this is going to be a physical game. The Michigan State's a physical team. And, you know, I always worry a little bit about the Gophers in physical contests. And, you know, I think they'll be up to the task. But, uh, you know, this really also is is uh, sixth-year senior Tanner Morgan's uh, game to win. I mean, he he's going to have to make passes. He's got receivers, like you said. He's got Danny Jackson. He's got Brevin Span Ford. He's got Mike Brown-Stevens. He's got Clay Geary. Uh, he doesn't have uh, Ottman Bell, unfortunately. That sucks. But you got other guys that can get open, and it's time to be getting some turnover in the wide receiver room anyway. Uh, some of these guys have been here for an awful long time, and this would be, I think, requesting Ottman Bell's seventh year. I mean, that's just getting almost to a ridiculous amount of years. Um, and Morgan, like you said, is six. And, you know, I know there's an injury uh, year with uh, with Mo, but, you know, I'm not going to complain about multi yeah, and a COVID year 27 too. years. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> look, you're going to have to grind it with these guys and you're going to, it's time of possession. I mean, they're not a dynamic offense, but you certainly, they can score and you're going to have to stop them. Uh, defensively, this will be a test too for them. Uh, what kind of, you know, is it scheme? Uh, do you have the athletes? Uh, Michigan State has athletes. So, and you're on the road. So that's a whole nother, uh, ball of wax to deal with. Um, it's, I'm interested. It was interesting to hear that we're a favorite on the road against Michigan State. I, I didn't think that, but you know, at some point, this experience has got to pay off. These older players have got to pay off, and you know, you have to be able to, you know, assert your will here because that's damn sure what Michigan State's going to do. And you just have to be tougher and more will. Now you've had good wins in the past. It sucks that you have one of your big tests as your Big Ten opener. You could have got, you know, Rutgers or something. But, you know, it's also good. You've had three scrimmages to get yourself together. Right, exactly. So, you know, it's time to play a real football game. And I like the Gophers in this one. I think they win, um, but not by a lot. Probably exactly what Vegas has, probably by three, two, or one. And uh, I don't even care about the spread. And you're right. You know, bet Michigan State that way. You're happy either way. Exactly. It's a win-win, baby. It's a win-win. It's a win-win right there. (laughs) But it's going to be a fun game to watch, man. I mean, we're back to, like, I shouldn't say back, but these are, like, meaningful college football games where you're relevant and you have a good squad going up against another good squad. I just couldn't be happier about starting a season that way. Win or lose now. If you win, you're you're on a trajectory here, and then your next battle is going to be Penn State. Obviously, you don't want to look past anybody before that. But uh, this one really sets the tone, I guess, to use a football cliche. This sets the tone for the season, and you really need to come out and get that dub, like you said. And I think they can do it, and I think they will do it. Yeah, I got a 27-24 Gophers. I'm right there with you, right with the spread and whatnot. Um, Yeah, man, I mean – Man, I just don't like our – first of all, just look at the stadium comparatively, Michigan State. Nice stadium, you know, solid stadium, right? Um, But it's nowhere near, you know, Happy Valley. I mean, that place is nuts. It'll probably be a whiteout if it's a night game especially. It's And they got a quarterback that's been there a long time. I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, they went into Auburn, and Auburn's not Auburn this year, but they – Waxed them forty to twelve. I mean, they destroyed them in SEC country on the road. That's not easy to do, and they did it. Um, and so that quarterback's looking much like Morgan to to, to put a state, you know, to put a statement staple on his career. Um, so I just don't like now. You know, who knows? Oh boy, might get hurt by the time. Who knows? I'm just saying. Right now, our best chance at winning this cross East cross rival stuff either Michigan State or Penn State, it's definitely this game. So, man, if they get this one 4-0, like you said, it really sets the path, man. Well, I think it's going to it's gonna look a lot like a Minnesota-Iowa game, I think, just because of how physical Michigan State is and the way they play. 
I just think, you know, uh, their defense against our offense is going to be something similar to that. And you just, you haven't beat, uh, beaten Iowa yet because they're so physical. And uh, I think that's going to be the test is you got it. I mean, you got the new offensive line, right? Um, it's, it's doing well in these first three uh, games, but this is a whole different test and we'll see, you know, we're going to see. Uh, and we'll be able to better look at what's in line for this squad. I mean, like you said, you got Penn State on a whiteout on the road. Good luck. It's it's very hard to win. Let me ask Michigan how easy it is to win. It's a tough place to play. So yeah, you're right. Best chances to win that crossover is this Michigan State game. And yeah, I think they got the horses to do it. Just got to get it done. It's one of those Minnesota things where man. You're going to be in the limelight. You got to get this one. You got to win. And Fleck has delivered a few times in those situations. And so I really think he's got a credibly experienced squad with a credibly experienced quarterback. They should go in there and win. Yeah. And, um, I mean, if you're going to beat Michigan State on the road, this is the year to do it because their defense is not that good. You know, if you, if they get in the right spots and all that, you can get, you know, you can, be able to run a bunch on them, or, or maybe they can get after it because it's third and long. That's different. But man, you know, those we talk about with the Vikings run, run, pass last year, run, 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 run. You know, it was all runs basically. And that was that was bad. And that's why the guy's not here, uh, the coordinator. But so I do just off the little glimmer of, oh wow, it was uh, first and 10. And we passed the ball. That's the first down. You know, just that little stuff that we're doing that we did in, you know, 2018 and 19 under him. Because it was really about defense back then. It was really about tightening the defense up back then. We could score and, and move the ball. So, yeah, man, I, that play action, we, we got to hit on some plays. And uh, like you said, that there is wide receiver talent. That's just, that's just factual. And maybe not queuing in on one guy will help, especially for just a one-game scenario. So any last words words before we uh, shut this down, sir? Uh, just, you know, I think this will be a lot of ride and mow, 30, 34 carries, something like that. Most Seriously, in pots with 16? <laughs> yeah, it's going to get the ball in this one. So, yeah, let's just hope, you know, we got to get the bad Wildcat mo? Can I get a wildcat mo? A couple yeah. of them? Maybe little Trey Potts and Mo in the backfield mm. with another offensive lineman as a fullback. <laughs> but no, uh, we got to get the bad Vikings taste out of our mouth, and you know, yes, it's, it's a disgusting taste, and we'll try to get rid of it. But uh, you know, like you said, week two, let's talk again, week eight, week nine, and see where we're at. And I, I think maybe we'll all be able to put this one under the bridge. Let's hope. All right, we'll be back next Monday. Enjoy both games. Let's get it done. Hopefully we can talk about some victories. Peace. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.